0: Hello friends, we're back again. It's Fightful Overbooked. It's April 19th, 2023. It's time to get in the weeds. Jeremy Lambert and I are here just like we are every Monday, Wednesday and Friday from 10 a.m. Eastern until noon talking about wrestling, getting in the weeds with some of the stories that uh, maybe need a little bit more digging, a little bit more fun. Jeremy Lambert, good morning. Director of content as he is now. Oh,
2: yeah, I guess I got I got a promotion. That's that's a thing. That's fun, right? It hey. happened on
0: this show.
2: <laughs> you thought it was a bit. You thought it was a bit that Sean just came on here and was like, oh, I got to make Jeremy got to give him a promotion because he keeps bugging me about things, which is true. I do harass Sean every day for more money. And he finally just that's what you got to do, Joel. You just got to harass the man every day, all the time. And finally, he just relents, gets sick of it.
0: I I I can't. <laughs> Why? Well for, for one, my deal with Fightful is very different from yours. So I have that going for me. I am uh I don't know how like I don't know what I consider myself at Fightful.
2: I'm trying to make you uh unemployed, unemployed. but you know, I can't, <laughs> I can't I can't I don't I don't have enough power apparently to do that yet. I'm I mean, getting there.
0: I'm I'm a guy who, who you know, co-runs overbooked with you. I am a guy who does interviews every, well, once in a while now. I just keep popping up with more interviews. And what else is going on? Like, I I host a post show on the main channel now. I do the Fightful Impact post show. Uh, Other than that, oh, and then I got, yeah, I got a slew of shows here. I don't know. What what do I, am I, am I a video guy? Am I, I, I don't like the word contributor. Contributor implies I don't get paid for my
2: work. What, what would you like to be? Joel like if you can come up with an official title I uh, will we'll, I'll try to make that happen. I'll try to make that happen.
0: All right, and then I'll get Jimmy to send me a contract. And I, why are we doing this on the air? This is not what we do.
2: Instead. No, sure it is. People people like the banter. People want to, you know, hear what hear what's going on. It's it's our show. Joel, like it doesn't have to be, hey, let's just you know, it's called In the Weeds. We talk about wrestling. And everything, but it doesn't have to be. Let's jump right into the wrestling and stuff. No,
0: let's. Like, we'll get know, in the weeds let's, let's
2: on our stop. personal a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah we can
0: get in the weeds on our personal business. That's fine with me. Uh, right. What do I want to be? I mean, you can call me manager of content. You can call, no, probably not. Uh, no. I don't know what you can call me. No,
2: assistant mean- to the director <laughs> of content at Fightful.
0: How close I was to playing that bit out on Twitter <laughs> just to see, just to see if people would be like, "Hmm," but instead I was just kind of like, "I'm not going to do it. I don't think that's the right way to go."
2: <laughs> people, people are already mad at me about the director, the, my content direction when I'm writing about Draymond Green stomping on Demontis Sabonis because it happened on TNT, which is the home of AEW Rampage, every Friday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, unless the NHL playoffs are on or the NBA playoffs are on or something else might be on that that is going to draw a little bit more than AEW Rampage, Friday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern. I think it's on like Saturday at like 11 this week. Uh, But people were mad at me that I wrote that article. Like, this isn't wrestling. The man stomped on another guy. Everything's professional wrestling.
0: It's true. Anything that involves violence against a team mate or a team op- 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 op the opposing team, yeah, why not? That that should do it. Listen, I love that article because it got people saying, hmm, slow news day, huh? And I'm
2: like... Oh, that's my favorite.
0: Yeah, like, that's absolutely the best way to start your day. Slow news day, huh? Yeah, it's 7 in the morning. Clearly nothing's happened yet.
2: Yeah, that's my favorite when people like slow news day. Like, some of this stuff is, like, scheduled. I got a the. Here's a, here's a scoop for everybody. Brian Danielson was the co-host of the Garcia Bella pod this week. Wow. Nikki Bella, Nikki Garcia was not there. So it was the, the Danielson family and uh, Brian Danielson was Brian Danielson. So I'm sure I'll get some slow news day reactions when I drop everyone's favorite uh, Danielson face.
0: I knew I saw it somewhere. I knew you had started telling me it was going to happen. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. Hey, by the way, if you're here and hanging out with us in the morning, go ahead. Leave us a thumbs up. If you're watching us on YouTube.com slash Fifle Overbooked and you haven't hit that subscribe button, go ahead. Hit that now because uh, maybe you you deserve a little bit of of good overbooked content in your life. You deserve more of us in your life. And of course, the Facebook do the same thing. And honestly, even if you give us the frowny face, like it's still engagement. Go ahead. Do it. Don't do that. Oh. Engagement's engagement, Jeremy. It honestly doesn't matter as long as it, the video is being engaged with. It doesn't. The the algorithm actually like it rewards you based on whatever interaction you have—comments, anything, whatever you get.
2: Yeah, but you get bad engagement, and people take stories out of context and right-click bait headlines, and then we'll have to cancel this podcast.
0: The day somebody writes an article on something you and I talk about, not not with an interview—that's different. If just you and I on screen, and it gets aggregated. That's the day that we both made it and also failed.
2: <laughs> I'm I'm ending this show. I'm ending every single show I do when people start like aggregating my words and I'm uh, to the level of uh, some people in, in, in wrestling. I mean, including you know my boss. To if I'm at that level, I don't want to be there. I don't want that kind. Of, I don't want that kind of attention. Just let me do my, my silly bits and, and say silly things with my friends.
0: So actually, I, I I know this isn't like on our format, but because we're not talking format. about the idea. No, we don't. But also, like we uh, kind of a general outline of where we want to go. Um, I want to add this because we're kind of talking about you know canceling a show based on aggregation and conversation. And uh, Dax Harwood, you know, he's ended his podcast now and has his reasons for it. I you were. An avid listener, obviously, you were pulling for content and pulling for quotes. Uh, and also, I would go as far to say as you enjoyed the podcast with Matt Coon and, uh, and Dax from FTR. How do you feel about uh, Dax uh, putting an end to his
2: podcast only six months in? Should I just... I, I don't think Matt Coon is available right now, but I will send him this link. And yeah, that we'll would be see great. if... Matt Coon could just jump on here. I'm I'm friends with Matt. Matt's been on the spotlight before, uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll shoot in this link. Can't hurt would, anything,
0: right? Would love to hear his opinion and literally his reaction to how everything went as well. I know he's kind of like subtly put it out there online, but he hasn't really spoken on it, you know, outside of the show that he does. That he does. So uh, I'm I'm interested because you know I saw the um, I saw the clip. I haven't listened to the full show yet, so I'm interested in. You know how everything came about i can't say i'm shocked unfortunately just because of the way things were going and the way that you know the just just the way things looked um it just looked like dax was over it and kind of rightfully so because people can be real dicks sometimes on the internet right
2: uh yeah a lot of blowback from from stuff a lot of unfair blowback some of it like he said some things did certain sites take it out of context probably i i I don't read every little aggregation article and things like that. As, as many people know, I listen to all the stuff for myself. I try to do my best when it comes to context and, and all of that. Um, I, sometimes I fail. It, it happens. Uh, but, but I try my best. And I always try to tell people, like, look, read the full article. Don't just read the headline and listen to the podcast for yourself. When it comes to DAX, I did listen to the end of uh, the podcast. I've not, listened, I've not listened to the full thing. Yet I did listen to the end where they make the announcement that they they are ending the podcast and Dax you know, apologized for the blowback kind of like Cash got Punk the the fans apologized to like fans of like Omega and Punk and or, and the Elite and MJF and stuff because a lot of the headlines were based on his comments around that I think Dax does a does a very good job with the podcast I, I really did enjoy it. I, I thought he let his feelings be known very well. Um, here's, here's what I, I would would say about sort of podcasts in general when it comes to wrestlers doing podcasts in general. You don't have to comment on everything current. And I understand that is what like gets headlines. Uh, you know, these people are essentially talking heads and they give their takes and everything. When you are still in the business like, like Dax is, You don't have to like just always comment on like the current state of affairs. I would personally like a Dax Harwood podcast where it's like, Hey, let me break down this Bret Hart match and and tell you what I really enjoy about this. Let me talk about tag team wrestling and tell you what I really enjoy about this team. Let me tell you what, maybe I don't enjoy like teams from the past and everything. Let me tell you how like this person influenced me or maybe where it's like, you know, I actually learned what not to do from something here like i understand why it worked there i don't know if it would work today like talk about kind of the older generation of info. imagine like eddie kingston just like talking old all japan stuff like eddie kingston would pop so much for that kind of stuff look could eddie kingston do a podcast in 2023 where he just addresses enemies and it'd be the most engaged with podcast and get all the headlines in the world absolutely he could but that's probably also going to get him in a little bit more trouble. Hey, maybe he doesn't care, but I don't think a lot of these wrestlers just need to comment on every little thing that, that's going on in the wrestling world today on their podcast. I think Matt Hardy does a fair job with it, and Matt has a long career to cover too. So Matt doesn't necessarily just have to like, okay, we're out of stuff to talk about in my career. Let's talk about stuff that's happening now. Matt has Matt has a very long career to to cover and everything. But Matt could do the same thing when it comes to, to influences. I would like to see something like that. Would that do the big numbers that the DAX podcast was doing? Probably not. Would it cause less headaches and less heat? Probably.
0: So that's, I'm glad you brought that up because I was about to say, I'm sure that these people would love to be discussing their most passionate, pieces of wrestling fandom like i'm sure that if eddie kingston was given a podcast he'd be like i want to talk about akiyama for an hour i want to talk about Misawa. i want to talk about all japan i want to i want to talk about what drove me to wrestling you know the stuff that i talk about in interviews but i want to dive deeper um but the numbers wouldn't be there and i feel like there's a general consensus that if you're an active wrestler in a major company Yeah, maybe you got to talk a little bit about what's going on at work. Jeff Jarrett has started doing a lot more of that. When he was working at WWE and doing his podcast, he didn't really have much to say about WWE. Now that he's at AEW, it seems like he's, you know, he he's not pulling the curtain back completely, but he talks more about work than he ever did when he was at WWE. And you know, this isn't like a, you know, this isn't a tribalistic, Oh, he does the one thing and not the other. But like, it's just something that I've noticed with Jeff is that half of his show is now talking about current day more than it is about whatever the topic is. For example, they did, I think lockdown 2008 on a recent episode and they spent 20 minutes talking about lockdown and the rest of the, you know, two hour podcast if it wasn't ads, then it was talking about current day, talking about the merger between UFC and WWE and Endeavor, and uh, maybe talking about AEW and house shows, talking about whatever he's involved with in a storyline. He talked about the the Mark Briscoe storyline, story right? Because he's involved with that with Jay Lethal and Satnam Singh and uh, Sanjay Dutt. So it's, it's good to talk about what's going on on the show you're working for, with or for, whatever you want to call it, but also... You do need to find what that line is, and maybe that was something that was very difficult for for Dax to to kind of figure out. And he's also the kind of guy who's he wears his heart on his sleeve, and I, I appreciate that about Dax. Um, he never pulled his punches when he spoke about literally anything. Um, he was very honest, and that can make or break your podcasting experience when you're an active wrestler who has to go to work that week and face whatever you've said you have to you know live up to the consequences of your actions uh not that he was about to be fired because i don't think that's the case but uh,
2: new four-year deal like they're
0: they're good yeah yeah but the, but you'd also don't want to make it sound like your teflon because you can talk shit and then get re-signed for a four-year deal so like <laughs> they're, 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 there's a rough game to play uh so it sucks that you know he's, he's got to cancel a podcast that became very popular very quickly uh i'm hoping that it became popular more for the content of their career and not for the content of what's going on with cm punk what's salacious Uh, comments can be taken from, you know, a sentence in a podcast that goes two hours
2: long. This is where the engagement comes in, right? Because like, look at Eric Bischoff. How many stories does Eric Bischoff have? I understand the, like you can only, he's been doing this podcast for a long time and you tell, you're retelling some of the same stories that everybody has heard. And once you run out of stories, where do you go? But now like he's just completely, let me give my thoughts on, AEW booking. Let me give my thoughts on the business as a whole. Let me give my thoughts on like what Tony Khan can do. Like that's that's where Jim Cornette became Jim Cornette. I I have um, I, I have a relative who likes the Jim Cornette podcast, and he likes it for the old stories. Doesn't care at all about Jim Cornette's current take on things because he don't, he doesn't watch wrestling anymore. So he doesn't care about the current stuff at all. Um, he didn't really keep up with it. So, but he listens to the Jim Cornette podcast. He's like, when Jim's telling these old stories, like he's great. Like it's so much fun to listen to that. The new stuff, I I don't care at all about. But what gets covered on these podcasts? Like nobody nobody's writing articles on. Hey, Jim Cornette remembers Smoky Mountain and a, a decision he made when it comes to the tag team titles. Like that's not getting covered. It's Jim Cornette buries the young bucks. That is what gets the headlines, gets the engagement, and that is why I understand. Why people do it when you are somebody like a cornet, like a Bischoff, who aren't really looking for a job at this point at least, I don't think they are. Like, it's okay, you can get away with saying these kind of things when you are still active and you are still wrestling and you have to see these people at work every day. You got to find the line of what can I say, what should I not say that I can be copacetic with, with everybody. And that's why I think like a podcast with current wrestlers kind of talking the older stuff again, it's it's probably not going to do the numbers they wanted to do. And that's why it's never going to happen, but it also doesn't get anybody into any type of trouble.
0: So you're writing a lot of articles about these podcasts coming from these wrestlers and you're talking about, you know, how the not so positive stuff, often the negative stuff gets the engagements and gets the clicks. Um, and, and, and we see that and, and I understand it. Um, Without saying, oh, do you see a wor- do you see a world where you know positive engagement could do could take over? It's it's a bit of that, but also like, I, I, yeah, and I, and I see you saying yeah. no, but like, <laughs> is there an opportunity to put more emphasis on the positive news stories that come in and spend try to spend more time discussing them? I know that it's hard to have a kumbaya moment, but like, is there any benefit? To bringing more positive news to the forefront, or at least trying to,
2: there there is, and so let's go back to our interview we did with Diana Perazzo on on Monday. You asked a great question about like Giselle Giselle Shaw, and I thought Diana gave a great answer about Giselle. Uh, sorry, Giselle Giselle Shaw. Uh, can't speak this morning. It's um, a
0: tough but, name, by the way. I I often trip yeah. it myself. <laughs>
2: I thought she gave a really good answer and, and I'm going to write an article that'll probably go up this weekend about it. And the the good thing about articles like that is the wrestlers see that and it's very good for the wrestlers when when they see that kind of stuff. And it helps kind of form relationships and friendships with, with the wrestlers, I think of like, oh, my peer who I maybe look up to respect said something nice about me. Like that's that's really cool. Like when wrestlers put each other over, I like that kind of stuff does it get the engagement? Not all the time, but sometimes you, you have to, you have to almost just forego that in order to just write something or to write something positive And that something that might just do good for, for everything. The, the problem with that is, and this is, this is where we just kind of all got to be better. My, myself included is like as I said, it doesn't always get the engagement. So we want to write, like, oh, what's the the negative thing you can say? What's the the negative headline you, you can go with uh, to, to get the engagement of like, oh, can you believe this person said this? So the problem is because it doesn't get the engagement, people just always want to kind of look for the negative spin. And because there's just so much to cover, we just almost just automatically go to the the negative story. It's like, oh, this person praised this person. Like, cool. Why Why wouldn't their friend praise their friend? Like, why is that a story? Why is the this person praising their friend an actual story? The story is, you know, when this person is burying somebody like, oh, they don't like each other. That's a story. They're friends. That's not a story.
0: Yeah, it feels like we've kind of gone into that pop culture vibe of like, these people are beefing, in front of the camera and behind the scenes and everyone wants to know especially in wrestling because it's used to be such a closely guarded secret right what's going on behind the scenes and now we're we're changing that a bit and and if you start talking about what's going on behind the scenes people want to peek behind the curtain because guess what they don't get that in their regular lives so now it's like you know who, who hates who at work You talk about that in your office. That's something that was done. I remember when I worked in an office before the pandemic. Same thing. People were always, you know, complaining about something or someone, and everyone wants the hot goss. I get it. But, like, it's very frustrating sometimes in the wrestling world when you're kind of working alongside it to have to consistently talk about the negatives. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. And... A lot of it, it, it like is just gossip and stuff. I think a lot of wrestlers do understand that look, this is what kind of sells with, with stuff. Court Bauer was on Busted Open yesterday talking about it's like it's always been there. Like, we love the stories of like Hogan was politicking to do this, like, uh, Sean and Brett don't like working with each other. Like, we, we ate those stories up, wh- wh- however, we we consume them back in the day and it's still like that's still stuff people talk about more than they, they do talk about like great matches with, with sean and brett but look, look how often montreal is like still referenced you're gonna reference montreal until the end of time compared to wrestlemania 12 which i think is an underrated match and i'm on the side that i like that match but people are just going to talk about montreal way more like we just like that kind of, those negative stories because it, because everyone has an opinion. On the negative right like Everyone everyone can give a take On like well this should have happened That should have happened I'm on this side I'm not on that side if you're just friends there's no Sides to pick it's like oh cool Like they, they like each other Cool like awesome That's that's good for there's no you're not taking sides In that we like to take sides Nobody likes to sit on the fence especially if you're a guy Don't straddle the fence it hurts
0: Yeah especially if it's barbed wire
2: Yeah <laughs> it hurts to straddle The fence
0: it's true. And, you know, going back to to Dax and talking about CM Punk and the elite, that's that's prime example. People are absolutely looking for something to, to to take sides on on a story that they don't have the full scope of. But everyone wants to have their cake and eat it, too. Everyone wants to have their take and eat it, too. Eh? You like that one?
2: Eh, well, that's okay. that's that's okay. I, yeah, I guess.
0: Anyway, we got a lot going on today by the way on the show. We're going to we're going to talk a little about Ron NXT. We're going to preview Dynamite. Uh we're going to we're going to talk about Goldberg because I know everyone wants to talk about the Goldberg retirement tour. Uh at 11:30 a.m., Alex McCarthy is going to join us because uh Drew McIntyre super fan Alex McCarthy is going to give us all the scoops and all the details on Drew McIntyre's WWE contract status and of course the social media blackouts by uh, Becky Lynch Andrew McIntyre. And of course, what we're looking forward to and all the other fun stuff. Uh, but first, Jeremy, we should probably tell people actually to leave a super chat and support us here, Fightful Overbooked. Any question is right on the air. Any amount, get it in, let's go. Support us here financially if you can. Uh, and leave a thumbs up if you haven't already here uh, on the video. So Jeremy, we're streamers. We are currently streaming live on YouTube and there's a Twitch that we also stream live to twitch.tv slash Gaming. We started that thing. You and I. We started this uh that Twitch channel back in 2021, I think it was.
2: No, what 2020. Old, it was pandemic. Was it oh, okay.
0: Yeah. We had to fight Sean for I remember that. Yeah. Sean was all like, I don't want to have what happened to Dr. Disrespect to happen to us. And we were like, well, first of all, we are not nearly the size of Dr. Disrespect. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about that. Uh anyway, so we have a Twitch. And During the pandemic, we weren't the only ones to get Twitch. WWE superstars started doing a lot of streaming on Twitch. And then there was an edict that came down by Vince McMahon and co saying, no more Twitch streaming. They wanted a piece of the pie, Jeremy. I get it. I get it from the business standpoint. I think it was stupid from the way that they treated the wrestlers going out of it. Treated them like children, treated them like they weren't worth the money that an IC can get from their work and their value. we won't get into that. Instead, we'll get into the good news that came out yesterday via FIFA Select that uh, there's a new deal in town, WWE and Twitch, and it looks like it's a three-way deal. WWE gets some of the pie, Twitch gets some of the pie, and the uh, the wrestlers, the independent contractors, get some as well. They are supposed to get the largest piece of the pie. So I want your, your initial reaction to the news, uh, positive, negative, what you had to think about uh, Twitch and WWE's new deal.
2: So when I when I saw it, um, let, let's go back to actually the the pandemic, Twitch, and when they kind of shut everything down and just stopped doing it. Uh, I always liked the the Twitch streams from wrestlers; they were very fun. And we tie this into negative comments and things like that. Some people said things that maybe they they shouldn't have said on on, on Twitch. I very much remember uh, Athena Amber Moon just going on Twitch one day and just like reviewing Raw and she said some kind things and she said some not so kind things about raw and she was still with the company at this time and then they pulled that they were like nope can't can't he be saying that stuff uh some other people just you know they they may have said things that they maybe shouldn't have said on on a twitch stream and of course it becomes a story because if you if you find it and you read about it it's it's a story um i, I thought it always sucked that that whole thing got pulled, I think there always could have just been restrictions and regulations in place of like, Hey, just don't say certain things. Don't talk about certain things. Just ignore certain things. Give a no comment, whatever you got to do just to, to, to not get yourself in trouble with, with this. Understand that, even if you're not using your WWE name, even like Austin Creed uses Austin Creed, not Xavier Woods. Even if you're not using your WWE name, there's a lot of wrestling fans who are still watching this. It's not, you're not just speaking to the fans of Austin Creed, you're speaking to the fans of Xavier Woods as well. And some guys did a good job with that and it was fine. Other, and, but unfortunately, it got pulled the way it got pulled. I thought that sucked. I thought that was very unfair. I'm glad it's back. I don't know what the restrictions are on things. I think one of it was just, hey, don't work with people from other companies unless you get approval, which is fair, right? Like You you don't want certain people being being on the channel who doesn't have an approval type of thing because you don't know what they're going to say. You don't know what... Uh, you don't know what they're going to say. You don't know what you might say in, in that conversation. So just leave it be. Just don't don't even try to, to do anything like that. So I get that. And it would be the same thing as like wrestlers got to get approved for media interviews, right? Like if we want people from companies on this show, they got to be approved to be on this show you know, hanging out with Xavier Woods, let's throw out Adam Cole, for example, because we know they're friends. We know they do streams together. They actually, they can do streams together. It seems like, and it's fine. They play Uno and it's fine. Well, let's say Adam Cole, like is WWE going to improve? Hey, Adam Cole, or is AEW going to improve? Hey, Adam Cole being on uh, Xavier Woods' Twitch stream. Who's going to approve that? It'd be the same thing as if Adam Cole did any other interview. They're friends, but maybe that leads to a more laid back environment. And you say things you shouldn't say adam cole sweetest guy in the world probably not going to get himself in trouble regardless i'm happy this deal is now come to fruition i think it's good for everybody involved i hope the wrestlers are getting the majority of this cut i think that's the biggest thing uh joel i know you have more insight into just kind of like twitch partner affiliate how all of that works. I know like, you know, when the, the numbers leaked of like, Hey, so, so Ray is making this much. Adam Cole's making this much. Like some of these wrestlers are doing really well on Twitch. I get, you know, Twitch has to get their cut. I understand why WWE would like a cut. Do I think they sh- should get anything? No, not really, but I get like, Hey, it's our IP. You're using the name. We kind of created to where you're doing this. So sure. I kind of get it. I just hope they're not taking, that much out of it but according to you know sean's report like the wrestlers seem pretty happy with it so i imagine that they they they're doing they're doing well off here
0: so i'll start with youtube because that's where we are first and foremost on youtube remember we talk about super chats and youtube google whatever who whatever whoever it is partnering and owning the platform takes 30 percent okay 30 percent so you send me a dollar i get 70 cents They're taking 30 cents, okay? Uh, With Twitch, it's a little different. And YouTube kind of has that as well, but you got to be really high, powerful profile type of streamer, uh, especially in their gaming department. So with Twitch, you have the affiliate program, which is how most people uh, start. If you get to, you, you have to commit and hit certain thresholds to get there, something like 50 followers, you have to stream eight times, Uh, in a certain amount of time within, I think two weeks or 30 days. And then on top of that, you need to hit um, just certain benchmarks to get there to prove that you are not only serious, but that you are able to cultivate a community that allows you to monetize on your likeness and your gameplay, whatever you're doing. So that's the affiliate program. It's fairly easy to get to. I know there's been talks of making it a little more challenging in the future, but that's not what we're at here. We're talking about the partner program. The partner program is a little more intense You're expected to hit much tougher benchmarks, have a much larger community and a much bigger following. Uh, On top of that, once you get to partner, it used to be that you're split for any revenue generated on Twitch. So uh, just like here on YouTube, we have super chats. On Twitch, they have bits, which is essentially uh, something you buy through Twitch and then you re-donate it. And then the streamer would receive those bits, whatever the amount would come out to would depend on the split. And a partner, it's a, it's diff, it used to be a specific amount for all partners with like a top 1% being able to negotiate their own deal. Uh, But now it's changed. Now you can negotiate the splits, but apparently the difference is much bigger. There's a much larger dichotomy between the 1% top, like, top top streamers who are getting like the amaranths and and the hot tub streamers who are like raking it in all the time. And there are others who are like legitimate gamers and do great, but like, let's face it that during the pandemic, the hot tub streamers absolutely exploded. Uh, And so a lot of them, they they get a lot of numbers and therefore they have a lot of leverage. So they are given a bigger piece of the pie. Um, They have that community and that value. If you are a wrestler who's, you got the purple check mark, but you've got maybe 40 to 50 people watching you on average, then you're maybe not making as much as you think. You're making more than an affiliate, but your split with Twitch is much different. So the question here moving forward is A, will the wrestlers have any opportunity to push back and say, we want a bigger cut of the revenue generated via bits? Will we be able to open say a merch store? Probably not, but that is another area of revenue that Twitch streamers go through. Uh, will we be able to solicit donations via PayPal or wherever like that, go through someone else like a business manager who takes a split of that. There is a lot of hairy things that they're gonna have to sort. And like you said, and like we had in the report, you know, there's almost no restrictions, but I feel like financially there will be certain restrictions that will change the way that these particular streamers wrestlers go about things. Um, like you said, Jeremy, it's a positive that they can stream again. It's a positive that they can come back and and use themselves to promote themselves. But I do have to say, I agree with WWE. They give them the platform. They excel uh, at being themselves. But WWE really does give them the platform to be themselves or whatever character they're portraying on TV. Uh, and to that effect, you know, they get to use that audience to promote what they're doing on Twitch. So WWE does deserve a piece of the pie, but I don't think, like you were saying, um, I don't think that it should be much. If it's 15%, I think that's top level, that's as much as it should be. So that's kind of where my brain's at. But in terms of earning, yeah, the, if they've if they've negotiated a good deal with Twitch, where Twitch doesn't take say 30%, they take less than that, then they're in a top level uh, partner situation with
2: WWE. Do you think this kind of backfires at all in that, hey, we're allowing everybody on Twitch now, like if one person says something, does that screw it up for everybody? Or do they just have to tell that one person, all right, you know what? You can't use this platform responsibly. You got to go.
0: Because of the way WWE operates, and because sometimes if Vince is at the helm, as he is now and will be, in the back end of the Endeavor deal, like, he's still he's the chairman he's the guy um if you if someone decides to go to him about that then he could, one day the answer will be different from the next day one day it could be pull them. the next day it could be you know just everyone's done it's over but also it depends how long the deal was signed for WWE as a brand is currently on Twitch they they show the bump they show the um the viva the the español uh show they show greatest like all the all the the lower tier network stuff that they're streaming on youtube they'll stream it on twitch as well the kickoff shows same thing they'll put them on the on on twitch but there's no deal in place as far as i know or if there is it's one that's like obviously wwe makes most of the money they're not giving it to the talent who are appearing on the wwe branded shows on wwe branded youtube or <laughs> wwe branded twitch uh so so to go back to your question it really depends on on the situation and, and whether or not they go to someone like vince and say this is a big deal it's a big problem um what are the what's what's the details on the contract can they break the contract that easily and say well no no wrestlers are on twitch i don't foresee I, the problem
2: i think that's where yeah that that's where okay if someone messes up then okay yeah you gotta you're off the platform we we shouldn't pull everybody and i think that was sort of the issue with the first one at least in my mind is like some people use it responsibly the majority of them use it responsibly and they did a good job with it and this is where i never understood like why they would pull this because you're reaching a different audience when you're on twitch because most of these guys are on there and they're they're gaming right They're some of them are just like chatting and things like that but most of them get on there and just they they play they play different video games and stuff because a lot of them like to you know they they're not out uh with their guns and dives they're out with their uh, remote controls and their VR headsets and things like that they're not men anymore much to the chagrin of the undertaker
0: I just hold so, on I just had I just had an image of my head of like AJ Styles back on Twitch, but he's only doing VR content. So it's just the <laughs> you see the VR stuff on the main screen, but then there's a little box in the corner of like him and his stupid VR headset. Yeah. <laughs> Where am I going? Where do I have to go? Oh, oh, ow. Oh. That'd be
2: great. That'd be great content. Some of those guys would be awesome. Um, <laughs> I really enjoy that. Sorry, continue. <laughs> oh, so they they're playing video games and stuff. And yes, the majority of the people who are watching that stuff are are going to be wrestling fans. But you might just have a, a Call of Duty person who just likes watching people play Call of Duty might stumble upon this Twitch stream and then they become fans of this person, they become fans of wrestling. It's also it's more engagement for for these wrestlers for this brand. I became a bigger fan of Adam Cole just watching him on up up down down and watching his Twitch streams because he was so engaging with the audience, again, nicest human being in the world. He was just extremely engaging. And it was like, oh, like Adam Cole seems like a very personable person, is kind, it talks to everybody, seems to treat everybody well. And Adam Cole didn't really talk wrestling. He still doesn't on his Twitch streams. He's like, yeah, I'm just not gonna talk about that stuff. Like, let's talk about video games. Let's talk about nerd content and, and, and things like that and i think it helps build these these wrestlers it helps build the brand of these wrestlers and by proxy helps build the brand of whatever company that that they're working for so i never got the big deal of the twitch streaming because for the most part everyone just said what they needed to say they didn't there wasn't a whole lot of wrestling stuff to to talk about and i did like you know aj styles is someone who's going to be referenced a lot because he maybe said some things about uh, his covid condition and things like that that he did not need to say but in fairness to aj styles when you want to talk about transparency and everything aj styles was very transparent about what was happening with him and he did not get so we can tie this back to people doing podcasts and people not having a filter and and things like that aj styles didn't bury anybody well he did the the stuff. A little bit there. Uh, Good Brothers started that one with their uh, exit interview with Ryan Satin. They started that one. Um, But AJ Styles, for the most part, just tried to mind his manners on there. But he would give people updates of like, hey, I'm banged up with this injury. Or hey, this happened. Like This was a cool moment that that would happen. And I guess WWE maybe didn't always like that. And I get that they want to control the I won't say narrative. They want to control the story a little bit when it comes to, to what gets put out there. Um, I, I just hope that the wrestlers do use it responsibly. They are, they can engage the way they want to engage. And it's not so restrictive. It's like, Oh, can't answer this. Cause it has anything to do with wrestling. Can't talk about this because you know that's Xavier Woods. That's not Austin Creed. I, I hope that that doesn't become a thing. Like I hope they, they don't lose their sense of personality and whatever restrictions that they might have on this deal. You know, I hope they make a lot of money off of it. That's the, I really hope they make a lot of money because we, we talk about independent contractors and they're, not, oh, you can only do certain deals because uh, if WWE allows it and everything, I think all of that is nonsense. I think they should be, I think they should be allowed to more or less do what they want to do. As long as I understand you don't go out there and do advertisements for certain brands and companies that are going to get that are going to look poorly on the product and stuff but also if you want a jimmy johns uh ad like just just let them do that kind of stuff well you can't do it because brock has that like no just let them do that stuff like it's all good for the brand you know one of the biggest complaints that i always had about WWE was they didn't do anything when it came to mercedes monet sasha banks and star wars and promoting that And stuff. I think you should always big up your performers, and I think they should, when they're out there, they're gonna big up the brand. Look at what look what Mercedes is doing with New Japan and the IWGP title. She's taking that thing everywhere, and she's showing it off to everybody. WWE would love that stuff. They should. They they try to show off their WWE title all the time, and her on the red carpet with the women's tag title or whatever the SmackDown title. Let let everybody let everyone rise in, in these occasions. So going back to 2020
0: and when this whole Twitch stream, <laughs> we're going to have to in this conversation because <laughs> we're in the weeds now, back in 2020, a lot of wrestlers were getting into it because let's face it, Jeremy, they were sitting at home. There was in some cases, weeks of TV filmed in advance and they had nowhere to go. They were bored. They were antsy. And let's face it wrestlers who are typically, or just people in general, forget the, forget what they do for a living. People who are on the road. Most of the time, suddenly being at home, was a shell shock, especially entertainers. At that point it was like, I just need something to do. And I get it, because I was in the same boat. I couldn't perform, I couldn't go out on the road with bands. I had to find something to do. That being said, some wrestlers took it as a, oh, this is a revenue generating opportunity for me that was never proposed originally, and no one's talked to me saying otherwise. So some people it was like, I'm gonna take advantage of this. And with other people it was like, oh, I'm going to take advantage of this. You know what I'm trying to say? It was a bit, you know, I, I don't like saying it was a carny thing, but it was a carny thing. It was, this is this is more money. This is me using my my likeness, me using my gimmick, and I can get it over and it'll be fine. Now that we're back to wrestling on the road, a regular schedule as we saw pre-pandemic, I think a lot of those people who were just doing Twitch as a means to make some extra cash and spend some time, you know, killing time, I think a lot of them are just going to be like, nah, I don't need to do it. They're not going to see it as valuable as they did when they were sitting at home. So I think that kind of lessens the options or the opportunities for something to go very south. I think there will be, and maybe I'm wrong, it feels to me like if they're going to do it, they should offer some sort of onboarding process for the wrestlers who are going to do it. And also, I don't think a lot of them are going to do it at all. I think the ones who were doing it before, um, a a good amount of them are going to come back to it. You know, Austin Creed's already there. He might just do his own. Um, Zelina Vega is probably going to come back to it in some way, shape, or form. Mia Yim will probably come back to it uh, and keep going. Dakota Kai has never really stopped. You know, she has her Charlie girl channel and they never took it away from her. Uh, there, there are certain people, Johnny Gargano will probably get back into it, you know, and get, get back into, into Twitch streaming. You can tell who wants to do it and who wants to put the, the effort into it and who was maybe just doing it before to kill some time. And that's okay. Again, if we were all trying to figure out what the hell we're doing at home. So now there's an opportunity for them to kind of like, you know, be a little bit more earnest. In their attempt to to be a streamer, yeah, there you go. Someone in the chat saying Zelina's already back on Twitch.
2: Great. Yeah, I think she returned uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they they made that announcement. I think you're you're right in they're going to have less free time because they are now back on the road and some of them use Twitch as a you know, sort of like I did, just a way to wind down. You're working very hard. You got a lot going on. Hey, let me jump on here and just play video games and, and banter with, with fans and friends and things like that, and and that's it. And I completely understand that perspective, one hundred percent. And other people, their wind down is going to be, let me take a nap, let me let me watch whatever television show I want to watch. Like that might be their wind down instead of oh, let me have to be on uh, when I jump on Twitch to. To, to stream whatever I'm going to stream. So yeah, I do think that like you're going to see who actually wants to do it, who actually will be engaging with it because there is just going to be less free time of you're stuck at home and I'm just getting on because what else am I going to do? I might as well just try to do something on Twitch. Devil's advocate point to that is now that like it's kind of open and available, you might see some people who are just like, Almost use that as an excuse of like, I'm a little frustrated with things. Let me jump on here and under the the impetus, the guise of playing video games or just chatting, and let me say some things that maybe, you know, I, I want to kind of air out there because they ain't let me do this interview or they ain't let me do that interview, or I can't talk about this or that. But on my Twitch thing, there ain't that restriction there to talk about it. Because look, they can say in these contracts and everything however however it's worded of like don't say this don't say that things like that but then what does that actually mean it does it actually say anything like that um and if it doesn't then they just see some people getting on there and making making just veiled comments when it comes to that I, so we we will We'll see when it comes to the Twitch. I'm excited. I hope AJ Styles does return because AJ Styles always dropping them scoops on the Twitch streams. Uh, very, very excited for, for the phenomenal one. A lot, a lot of those wrestlers are good when it comes to Twitch. I, I hope they use it responsibly. I hope it is very fruitful for them. And I, I hope it's just a good deal for them in general.
0: Yeah, it's a great option for revenue. It's a great option to share a little bit more of your life, which I know some wrestlers want to do that. Some don't. Like you said, it's all about how you wind down. It's all about how you spend your free time. And some people just want to sit around and do nothing in their free time or they don't want to be on camera. You know, I can tell you personally, I would love to be streaming more on Twitch, but like after I do a show with you three times a week for two hours after i do a post show on thursdays after i do jimmy's know your news podcast on thursdays as well like after i get through all of my regular responsibilities i just don't know if i want to sit on camera and like do stuff yeah it's different i i gotta i gotta be more presentable whereas like I don't have to do the setup if I just want to sit around and watch Raw and like dick around on the internet. Because I got three monitors in front of me where I could be doing God knows what at any time, but I don't need the world to see what I'm doing at all hours of the day. I'm interested as we talk about the potential of onboarding or some sort of like code of conduct. I'm interested in whether or not they do something like no uh makeup chair live streams. I'm using Soraya as an as as an example. Remember when they were doing the, uh, the show and you and I talked about newsworthy once upon a time where like she took to her Twitch stream, she was getting done up in the makeup chair and people were asking her, Hey, what about the tickets? And like, she was answering storyline questions while at a show or at least getting ready for the show. Um, Do you think that maybe they will allow, disallow, like, what do you think that would they, would they have anyone do anything backstage or would that only be if it's like with, someone from digital behind the camera
2: yeah i think they might do like the angle thing who was it zelina and like live like shot it bianca okay
0: yeah yeah
2: yeah Yeah, like they just shot an angle on twitch like i think they might utilize the platform in that type of way of like hey let's do what let's like shoot an angle for for twitch and you you know at least show it on television if you're going going to do that i don't think you're going to see wrestlers in their free time of like hey let me just yeah makeup chair or i'm backstage hanging out let me go live on twitch type of thing and grayson waller again this is angle shooting when it comes to grayson waller and he's on instagram live and and things like that so i i don't think you're going to see anything like that of just like casual hang and hey, we're backstage at wwe let's just chat about things and if they do that's where you gotta like narrow it of like who do we trust in these situations, and you know they might. I I think that is actually like a good little engagement thing of like, hey, here's Xavier Woods. I you know, we're always gonna go to Xavier Woods. I feel like one because he's very prominent in in that Twitch space of, of streaming and things like that. Two, he's open about how how much he likes to do it. How this is kind of like his second job and his future whenever he's he's done with wrestling. And three, great spokesperson for the company doesn't really get himself in any type of hot water or anything like that and knows how, to, knows how to really say like, hey, I'm a little frustrated with this stuff, but say it in a way that it doesn't come off as like he's just whining about everything and that's going to get him in any type of, of trouble and things like that. So Woods, I think, is like just a, a great representative of the company and a professional wrestling all together, put all the titles on Xavier Woods. Uh, so I could see Xavier Woods backstage at SmackDown you know, this Friday, hanging out and be like, "Hey, we're at SmackDown. Like, what's going on? Hey, here's um, here's LA Knight. Well, he's he's beefing with LA Knight. Maybe you don't want to quite quite do do that story there. Um, you know, there. There might be some kayfabe protecting in in some of something. Of here's Rey Mysterio. Here's Legato. Uh, they're they baby faces." Here's Zelina hanging out with them, commenting, chatting about Smackdown before it happens. And then you, you go live for the show. And So I could see something like that where it's a little regulated. I don't think you're, you're going to see. Uh, trying, I don't want to single anybody out of who might just like casually get on and be like, yeah, sit back here catering. This sucks. Like not doing anything tonight. Anyway, enjoy the show.
0: That's like, it's, it's just, it's Akira Tozawa. And then suddenly he gets like a main event slot. <laughs> He's like, Oh, this is great. Okay. Well, this is a fun stream. I'll see you at uh 10 50 and uh, have a good night. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Um, as we wind down the conversation on Twitch, I want to kind of bring up two things that I'm thinking about. One, I posited with Tim once upon a time on our podcast on overbook that, uh, in the next ten years, I said, I thought maybe WWE and Twitch would have some sort of streaming rights deal. That's mm-hmm. because it's owned by Amazon. Twitch is owned by Amazon, um, and that they were getting the NFL deal at the time. Right, they had the NFL on Thursdays on Twitch, and that was a big uh, a big point of. Uh, Conversation when it came to sports rights and what's going on with uh with say the NBA sports rights on what was it on on TB on TNT? Uh do they want to keep them and all that stuff? And WWE is also about to hit a new media rights uh you know milestone when they get whatever deal they're gonna get, but it's gonna be a big one. Um, do you see this as a potential start to an eventual TV rights deal with Twitch?
2: I don't I don't think so, but I'm admittedly not up on like the, the TV rights kind of stuff and how a lot of that stuff works. Um, I wish we should, I we should have like Thurston or, or somebody on here on, on Friday or down, down the line when it comes to just what they're negotiating with a lot of this stuff because like the NBA, they they're on, they're on TNT. They got to deal with, with ESPN uh, you know the NFL is on multiple networks. They got their their Sunday games on CBS and Fox. They got the the Monday games on ESPN. They got the Thursday games on Amazon. They got the Sunday games on NBC. Like they're just across the board with, with all of their networks. And then you look at like the UFC, like they're just strictly ESPN. And yes, their pay per views cost more, but all their regular shows are just on ESPN Plus. So I think it's gonna it's just gonna be what makes the most sense. 4WB and i think it's gonna be sort of relatively the same of what it is now i think they like being on like a cable network type thing to where it's not just amazon uh, I, they wouldn't go to like youtube unless there was some insane offer but but it's not like amazon or peacock or anything like that i think they want to be on hey usa network or nbc or fox i don't think they want to be for Raw and SmackDown. Be on a digital platform like that because I don't know the the money value and anything like that either. It feels like to me, if you're on TV, that's where most of the money is actually going to come from is from the network type deals. Compared to if you're on Amazon or or Twitch or, or whatever it might be, I, I don't know if there's as much money in that i mean maybe up if you get the upfront money you get the upfront money um but that's that's where i kind of land
0: on it my general feeling is you can put like main event on twitch
2: yes Yeah. yeah
0: move it off of hulu you know maybe that deal is just done start moving like you can do uh main event on twitch you can do a wwe raw replay or raw in an hour if you do a recut show air that on Twitch once a week, not on Mondays, but like later on in the week, whatever it is, do it on, on Mondays and, or not Monday, do, do something for raw on, for Mondays and then SmackDown
2: for Fridays. You know what I'm saying? A repackaged show. Um, do do they want like, do they want everything live? So what I mean by that is like main event right now, taped show, level up taped show. Is there a world where it's like, Hey Twitch, we know this isn't the biggest platform. And the world, but let's just go on Twitch seven to eight o'clock, and here you go watch main event live, watch these matches live instead of waiting. And then you got Raw at eight o'clock. Like, is is there a way? And maybe this isn't profitable for them, but they obviously already have the setup there. The the uh, recording and everything that is recorded, and then it's air, airs at a later date. Like they just record everything, just. Kind of live, or is it better if they're spacing out? Like, oh, well, we have programming on Thursday with main event. We're programming Friday nights with, with level up. I think if there's an if there's an offer of like, hey, yeah, we want main event live on Twitch, then sure, they they'd be open to something like that.
0: Yeah, you can again, and you just mentioned level up. You know, you level up. I would not want to air live because you're dealing with developmental content, and yeah, you you don't want to put more undue pressure on a group of people who are still learning the ropes. That being said, main event is not that show. It is a preliminary show going into Raw. If you wanted to air it live on Twitch, I don't hate that. And again, it comes down to how the deal is with Twitch and WWE, and how how much they want to put uh, towards it, and how how impressive the deal is. And how important it is for both sides. Um, And also, like, let's face it, Twitch is not doing super well now. It was a huge, it went gangbusters during the pandemic. Because guess what? We had nowhere else to go. (laughs) So we watched Twitch. We were on Twitch. We did everything on Twitch because the numbers were massive. And now with the Amazon acquisition, they're trying to make ways to fund it and make it more profitable. They haven't seen that in a while. This deal with WWE, I would assume WWE got the better shake of the deal, uh, given the fact that Twitch needs really high-level content, really good, strong content, and these wrestlers could do that. They have a platform. They're already built in. You pay them, you get them, you'll you'll do good numbers. So, again, I could see it working, but this could be just a ploy because Twitch is kind of failing these days.
2: I think they should give more wrestlers shows on Twitch. I, I've advocated for they need to just do more on like the, the digital side in general. I thought they kind of dropped the ball on up, up, down, down. I thought that should have been, and could have been much bigger than, than it was. And then it went away for a while. Cause negotiations, um, I thought that should have been a much bigger deal. And they should push this stuff on television. That's the thing that I never understand is like, why isn't this pushed on television? Why isn't up, up, down, down pushed a little bit more on TV? Cause that's where I fell in love with Chad Gable. When I realized like, he showed the glimpses in NXT, but I saw him on Battle of the Brands. It's like, oh, oh man, this guy's super charismatic. Like, why isn't he doing more on, on television? Like, I think they should be pushing that stuff. And a lot of these wrestlers, they've had, they tried to like really, really push the digital content. The the Good Brothers had botched. It seems like everybody just had was having like a show. Zelina Vegas said she's gonna have a tattoo show at some point with WWE. This is a real quote um she, I, she I said she,
0: it, like cory graves had one
2: right like they they tried to do these shows before and like they didn't like fully work out and i don't know i don't know the cost of this stuff like if it's not profitable that's obviously going to decide a lot of things of like okay well you're just kind of costing us money here why are we gonna keep doing this i think for something like twitch if the wrestler gets a nice cut of it i would try to do my own little gimmick like that on twitch just do kind of a a bit show and and, you know try to try to make it something just on your own twitch um but i would like wrestlers to to do things like that when it when it comes to utilizing the platform and the the digital space and i do wish wwe would boost that stuff um a little bit more i'm not saying it's got to be like being the elite let's have our own lore and storylines and and things like that but just the intro things that these wrestlers are interested. You know, Johnny and Candice were doing like the cooking stuff for for a little while while they were on hiatus for WWE. I want to see them do more of that kind of stuff uh, on Twitch. I think that I think that's very fun. And then if you can spin that and actually turn that into something th- with WWE related, I think that's great too. Jeremy, I got it. Oh no,
0: we're doing we're bringing a shot of brandy to Twitch.
2: Oh, I would love that. They Shot of Brandy is awesome.
0: We're doing it. And that's the best way. Shot of Brandy with Chad Gable and Otis. My god. Oh. All the meats and drinks. Oh. Oh, let's go.
2: I would love that. I, Shot of Brandy is like legitimately good. Uh and Brandy, Brandy Rhodes is one she she's very the wrestlers seem to be very engaging with her. She's very engaging herself. She ain't taken she ain't taking that grief from nobody. It ain't open mic night up in this uh, Brandy Rose's house. So she, yeah, I, I would love it. I think shout out Brandy rules. So Let's I'm, do I'm for that. I'm 100% for that.
0: All right. We spent a very, very significant amount of time talking about this deal. And because it's very interesting, especially to us who have been part of this whole Twitch building community for a lot uh, of the last three years. So there's there's something there. Uh, Brandy eating butter would be a ratings boost. Well then, okay then, I see. That. <laughs> <laughs> also, let's 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 have everyone every wrestler just suddenly becomes a hot tub streamer, like gender non-specific, like, just every Matt Riddle's hot tub time machine, and he just watches old matches while he's in a hot tub.
2: Okay, let's 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 talk about this for a second. Uh, not hot tub streaming i mean i think wrestlers will probably uh some of them would do do pretty well but they, they signed this deal with twitch and wrestlers are gonna be able to use it is there some type of double standard with you know mandy rose was released because of content she was doing that was not wwe approved and now they're on twitch and it's fine like what if mandy rose was just on Twitch and just kind of doing similar stuff she, she was doing on her, her fan time, maybe not to the extent that, that she was doing it, but she just did a lot of like behind the scenes type of stuff on her, her, her fan time. And she just does that on Twitch. This is where I want to know like what's in the language of what you're allowed to do on Twitch. But where where are we at on, okay, now, yeah, WWE is profiting off of the Twitch a little bit. And so it's cool with everything. Mandy Rose, Fantime, WWE wasn't profiting off of that. We ain't down with that.
0: Twitch is also different. It's like it's this front facing you're it, you're in when you're in. In other words, you click on the stream and you're there. Whereas fan time, brand army, only fans, all those, you click and you're immediate it's a paywall. It's immediately like you don't see anything unless they're posting some free content on their on their paywall. Uh, which is rare for most of these wrestlers. That kind of—that's where I start the conversation. That doesn't mean that it ends there at all. Um, if if they brought Mandy back or she decided to come back and she said, "Well, I want to do a, a hot tub stream or whatever," then I don't see a problem because it's not as like. Again, it comes down to like what what are you doing in the hot tub stream? Mo- there, there's also there's a there's strict. Uh, guidelines from twitch about the hot tubs stuff now that took a while too that took a lot of creators going to twitch and being like this isn't fair like the the hot tub streamers at the time were cannibalizing the gamers the gamers were getting upset and to a certain degree rightfully so because of the way that twitch was was started i am a firm believer make your money however you can you know um but i but i understood where the where the larger Creators who were not using hot tub streams to make their money, I understood where they were frustrated, um, and be, and also from certain viewers who were like, my kids watch Twitch, and I can't just have that show up as like a regular, you know, first first viewed because there's like twenty thousand people watching, and that again, that I understand as well. So um, there would need to be certain expectations set of what you can and can't, you know, put on your what is effectively a free Twitch stream.
2: So what if Mandy Rose, I don't, I be honest, I don't know much about the hot tub streaming type of thing. I know it's a thing, but I
0: never they've watched smart. one.
2: They've gotten,
0: they've gotten real smart. I will say that um, they'll do stuff. And again, this is not, I laugh at this because it's like, it's funny in a way. Some of them are like, I'll do jumping jacks in a bikini once the timer gets to zero, but the timer never gets to zero. And they're spending like three, four hours like off camera with like, you can see their leg or their arm and they're just like waving it around being like, Oh, we're at 1.106 on the timer We're any minute now I'll do some bikini jumping jacks. And it's like, I can't help but laugh because it's like, you're never going to get there or you're going to get there. And like, it'll be the last thing you do when you turn the stream off and that's it. And you would have made all the money because people would have either like submitted rage bits or they would have sub- like subscribed because they're entertained or they want to see more, whatever it is. Uh, I see people in the chat being like, I've seen that girl too. There's plenty of them who do it. Uh, but again, make your money. That's how you do it. And I think it's absolutely hilarious that that is how some of them are doing it. Whereas it used to be, I am a good-looking person, I am in a hot tub, and I am chatting with you. And that's enough. But a lot of them have gotten funnier and more entertaining with their content. And yeah, it's still sexy, let's face it. like They're still in a bikini, they're still good-looking people, and they're still doing some of the things that they're saying they're going to do. They can't falsely advertise it. The, they, still get, they still do it. Uh, they just kind of tease you a lot and wait it out. It's like having a 1-900 number back in the day and like not getting to the point until you're 20 minutes into the phone call
2: send twenty dollars worth of super chats that's all i'm asking twenty dollars worth of super chats i'll take this water bottle i'll pour it over my head do the hair shake i got enough hair for all that perfect and and i'll do some jumping jacks as well that's all we're asking
0: (laughs) it's funny (sighs) entertainment i i think again no one's getting hurt uh, in this case, especially. And if Manny Rose wanted to come back and do that, then guess what? I would I am sh- I I would not be shocked to find out that like thousands of people will tune in and watch it. And I swear to God, pay that mod team, whoever has to mod that chat, they <laughs> pay them so well because I <laughs> it's a mess in those chat rooms.
2: It's so I bad. believe that. Oh. I a hundred percent believe that. I just Manny Rose back sitting in the hot tub, just answering fan questions, like. There we go.
0: Do, oh, do that. That's fine. That's fun. That's cool. Like people would love that. You know, who does that now is Allison K. Oh my <laughs> God.
2: I knew, I knew, I knew someone would do it. I knew someone would do it. Life <laughs> is going to be so mad at me. All right. That's <laughs> end, what end what of the said. show. I'll do it's it. About, yeah.
0: Just remember to take your headphones off when you do it.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I thought about that. Yeah. End of the show. I'll, I'll pour the water, hair flip. I'll do some jumping jacks. Got oh my towel or amazing. something down in here. Yeah, you know. are <laughs> more <Floor> wet <laughs> shirt, whatever. Yeah. Uh,
0: okay, I know we're, we said we're going to talk about RAW for a minute. Um, really, the the only things that I really want to talk about were uh, were the Cody segment and uh, and Brock obviously, and then the um, the Trish segment, and then if you want to add on to anything else, we can do that as well. Do you want to talk about? Uh, Hold on. Do you want to talk about Cody and Brock, or do we want to take the super chat
1: first?
2: Uh, go ahead and take it. Well, real quickly before we get to the super chat, I, I've I've been told, uh, rightfully so, mind you, I can't do this inside, so I I will um I'll, I'll go mobile. I'll, I'll go mobile to end the to end this uh, stream, and I'll 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 do it outside, and and we'll be good.
0: I am going to DM you the link so that you don't have to yeah. log in or anything, Thank so you. that you can Thank get you. right into it when you're done. There it is. Okay, uh, and then Mike from Indeed sent us a super chat saying, "Can it be a cumulative twenty dollars? If so, put this towards the Wet Jeremy fund." Listen, <laughs> y'all can y'all can get Jeremy as wet as you want for twenty dollars or more. Just go ahead. The Jeremy's Wet Fund. What was I gonna say? Oh, by the way, uh, Mike from Indeed and Righteous Reg interviewed Shaza McKenzie for Indeed on uh, Biffl Overbooked. I, I saw the interview. I can tell you right now, you want to watch it. It's very good. It's very funny.
2: Ryan 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 Sullivan says, "So the missus is listening. That's why. That's why I'm always so wet." Ryan Sullivan. Jesus. Cyclops. Really? Cheer, cheer, ten. Here's ten bits. My damn jumping jacks fair. <laughs> 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 oh,
0: I love it. This is best community in wrestling. Let me tell you. Okay, Cody comes out at the one of the crossovers. And he's wearing his tights and he's all set to compete, even though he hasn't been cleared. And he comes out and he's just like, "I want Brock. I'm pissed off. I don't." And what do you, he doesn't even go, "What do you want to talk about?" He just goes, "Well, I want to know what I want to talk about." He was very angry, and uh, and he calls out Brock and he wants to have a match. But he wants to fight Brock, and then Brock comes out. Well, Adam Pearce comes out, and Adam Pearce comes out and he's just like, "Nope, nope. You're not cleared. You're not supposed to be here. Get out of here." Cody's like. You're right. Thank you for the respect. I will leave. And then, of course, he does the baby face, turn around, get fired up, grab a steel chair. And he's like, no, I'm not going anywhere. I want Brock Lesnar now. And then Brock Lesnar comes out. And this is my favorite part. We, I, I, I found out later that Alex Palowski, who has sour graps on Select, called him what I called him, which was Brocker Texas Ranger. <laughs> Did you see what he? Uh, you saw when Brock came out and everyone oh, yeah. was watching?
2: Yes, yes. My and God, that what that a getup this man had. What a getup.
0: Do you think he? You think he like knew that he was gonna wear this? Do you think he bought it day up? I think he like spoke to no. to his wife that day and was just like, "Rina, where's my black jacket? The one I That's used it. to hunt the birds and the funerals."
2: Awful Brock impression. Never do that again.
0: Please. It's it's not Never. it's not Brock. It's based off of a we watch wrestling thing. People who know would know, Rina. This is like Braun Strowman sounds like an idiot from one of the comics. Anyway, yeah, there you go. Yeah, SP three's got it looking like a Bro- like Walker Texas Ranger. Brocker Texas Ranger. So because I out. think
2: I think Brock has this get up just one hundred percent. That's just that's just what he wears on a Wednesday, and that's it.
0: Why why, why weren't the the jeans black? Because if you're a heel, you have to wear black jeans, all black, like Braun Breaker does now.
2: Nah, nah now
0: no. oh, okay so anyway brock comes out and uh, adam pierce is like no you're not gonna fight you're not gonna fight there's a bunch of security comes out and uh cody's like fine but i want the match at, at backlash and adam's like i'll give you the match okay but you can't fight him and he's like okay fine and then what does he do he goes after brock anyway but he has to take out like 20 security guards at the same time uh this segment was like both really really good and really really corny all at the same time jeremy what did you what do you think of this and how are you feeling about brock and cody in puerto rico
2: I mean, you know Cody meant business because he didn't come out in a suit. He came out in, in his fighting gear. Man he was ready to throw hands. I think Adam Pierce is a terrible general manager, just stood there as these as these men got beaten and battered by Cody. Just literally you see him in the background, just on the ring apron, just nodding his head, not doing anything. Where's your balls at, Adam Pierce? Step up and Sonya Deville was right about you. Chelsea Green right about Adam Pierce
0: falls in his wife's purse. Is that what we're getting at? I mean, potentially. Oh, okay. Well,
2: look, Cody. Cody is cold. He's cold right now. This was this was not a hot segment. It was not a hot segment for me. I know Cody was trying to show some fire and all of this stuff. And he's like, they're saying like, "Oh, Cody, you're not." cleared to wrestle and all this stuff you're not cleared for any of this stuff well now you're not protecting them very well either adam pierce because you're just letting them beat up security guards he could get hurt doing that stuff he didn't care adam pierce didn't care about anybody i'm more mad about adam pierce than i am about anybody else in this segment it didn't feel it didn't feel like it had the same spark that the cody stuff did before and WWE just loves the oh let's do a brawl type thing let's beat up security guards type thing i the match will be fine. I'm looking forward to the match. I, they, they got some work to do with Cody. I didn't think this was it. I did not think this was it with the cliche, let's just have Cody beat up security guard type thing. Let's show this fire that Cody Rhodes has and more adversity because he's hurt and we won't let him fight. And Cody Rhodes just wants to wrestle. type thing. think Brock was the best part about this segment because that man just came out there, tipped his cap, had a feather in his cap, by the way, another great uh, little Brock, Brock piece to the ensemble there, and then just walked away. He's like, I ain't got time. I ain't got time for this shit. Yeah, it, uh, here's a good point. Uh, they, let, they let Cody Rhodes go out and do a torn uh, match, a Hell in a Cell match with a torn pec. He's, he's, his, whole, his whole titty is ripped. His all, he's got the purple titty out there, and he does a whole Hell in a Cell match but he's got some taped ribs like he's Diamond Dallas Page and it's like nope you can't you can't be fighting anybody right now Cody Rhodes you think Brock actually wanted to come out there and fight by the way Brock didn't want his match right then and there if Brock was going to come out there he's just going to come out there to beat that ass he wasn't just going to come out there to wrestle cuz he ain't wrestling unless he knows he's getting paid to wrestle he'll beat some ass just for free but and Brock Lesnar ain't being in an official match unless that cash is all, unless that cash is in his
0: pocket. Also, like Brock doesn't fight in that black jacket. Like the, If you see Brock Lesnar walking around in that black duster, he's like, this is my hangout duster. This ain't my fighting duster. He, he wears denim when he wants to fight you. Okay? Denim from head to toe. He'll wear a denim jacket, and that's how you know that Brock Lesnar's out to kill you. Instead, we had Brock Lesnar out there in a black, you know, going to a funeral jacket, because that was the funeral of Cody Rhodes' career. But uh, that... I, again, I, I know you're going to talk about it more tomorrow on the Spotlight on the main channel. I know you will because it's Cody and, and Steven Jensen. Actually will be not.
2: There. Spoiler no. alert. That was not Steven Jensen's pick for this week. And it won't be mine. So
0: Well, then, here we are. We get in the weeds on the other <laughs> stuff that you're not going to talk about. Uh, that said, I, okay. There's a few ways you can go with this. Cody overcomes more adversity and beats Brock. Okay, cool. Here's angle number two. And this is kind of like, I don't know how I feel about this other than, oh, this is so WWE to do Brock beats Cody at backlash and then comes back. Brock comes back the next night on raw and says to Heyman, I did my part. I beat Cody. I want what you owe me. And Heyman and Brock made a deal that the ban is lifted brock can now challenge for the undisputed universal championship and in saudi arabia one more time we go to brock and roman for the titles on day 1000 i didn't say i like it i'm just saying that's the type of story they would tell and that's their way of booking themselves out of the no longer challenging for the title thing and doing the enemy of the enemy is my friend
2: no stop this joel we don't need brock if they do that that just signals to me that vince mcmahon has all the power in the world again it would every absolutely. every single bit of power it, no no like i want brock and roman on the same side honestly like i want roman here's a story for you joel you kind of do similar to that right you, you kind of do a little similar to that of like brock does go to Heyman, like job well done good job Brock don't give a shit about this title anymore. At this point, he's lost to Roman. Move on. Brock wants the cash, baby. He wants the cash. That's all he cares about. Roman paid him off big to take out Cody. After all, he paid him off big. And then what you do is the Usos and Solo are looking at Roman like that. That ain't blood. Brock, Brock ain't blood. Like what? We're here, and Roman's like, you guys, especially the Usos. You two couldn't get it done for me. Like Solo, he did his job at WrestleMania. But you know, after WrestleMania, you guys lost. You guys couldn't get it. I can't trust you anymore. So I went. The enemy of the enemy is my friend. The wise man was like, Brock, don't, Brock only wants money. Just pay him. And that's where you start getting the little friction even more with, with the, the bloodline going. You, would, you actually advance that story a little bit. You don't just go back to Roman and Brock for the three millionth time. So your idea is terrible, but you have a thread of a decent idea. And as usual, I'm here to make things better.
0: Again, I'm not here for good. I'm here for plausible in WWE world.
2: We're supposed to be better than just plausible WWE world booking. Joel. No, I
0: made a whole, I made a whole life on this channel based on getting it right, and people being like, "How do you book the worst possible things and make it come true?" And it's like because wrestling is not like succession storytelling the way you all think it should be. Sometimes it's just Occam's razor. Um, uh, it's it's
2: it's Sopranos, according to Sami Zayn. That's right.
0: Uh speaking of Sami Zayn, so they have the tag title match this coming Friday. Am I right? Or is it next
2: Friday? Next Friday.
0: Next Friday. Uh and of course, you and I talked about on the show the possibility of putting the tag titles back on the Usos just so they can do the Saudi match. Uh how about they don't do it and instead going back to the Roman stuff and the uh, the Paul Heyman is upset, or sorry, Paul Heyman says that that Roman's upset. Well, let's say the Usos don't get the job done you know, for the tag title match. Sammy and KO retain. Tag titles aren't on the line in Saudi. Oh, no, there's a million other titles they can go for. That being said, what do you do next? Do you have the Usos maybe split up in the draft because Roman is so pissed that he uses his power and his influence to say, I want to teach them a lesson, put one on Raw, one on SmackDown, and watch them figure it out? You put Solo with Jimmy and put Jay on his own island? What do you think? Is there some way that you could maybe do something like
2: that? I think there, there is a way to do it. I don't know if, I don't know what route they're going to take with this. Apparently we're only in the the third inning. So we got a lot, a lot more uh, pitches to, to move here. Um, So I don't know if that, if that's fully what they do. I do think the Uso should lose. What is the fallout from that? How does Roman react to that? It should obviously not be kind because you know, Heyman did he did do a very good promo on Friday of saying like Roman, like this is your last chance. He's fed up with you, and he's pointing at Owens and Zayn, but he's looking at the Usos, and it's like, ooh, what does this mean? Type of thing. So I do think if they lose, it could be a thing of like, yeah, split them up. Like they need to sink or swim on their own. They don't need the the solo protection. But maybe they don't even. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't get split, and maybe it's just they go on their own show. Roman and Solo are on their own show. So they're just separated from them two. They're not separated together, but it's just, they're just separated and they're just on the, without Solo, without Heyman, without Roman. It's like, okay, let's see what the Usos got without them. And theoretically they should have plenty. They're the most decorated tag team in WWE history. They're a little down on their luck right now. They're a little mentally screwed by, by being separated in this draft. So it could lead to them actually like losing to the street profits or alpha Academy or something like that there's there's ways they could do there's there's stories they could do here i it feels like it's dragged and i don't have the the biggest hope in, in the world
0: well in about 10 minutes we're gonna have alex mccarthy joining us talking about drew mcintyre and talking about his contract status uh real quick though i know we broke the news on FIFA select that becky lynch speaking of you know contemporaries uh becky lynch has a year left on her wwe contract she had blacked out her socials kind of changed her first name which got rid of her verification check mark a lot going on there she wasn't raw on monday instead trish stratus was and cut what i thought was a much better promo than expected uh we don't need to go too too far into it because we have a really fun conversation coming up with alex but uh What's uh how, how are you feeling with Trish coming out and basically saying, you know, I, I, I am not, what'd she say? I am not your, I'm not your childhood dream. I'm not, yeah, your, I'm, not your, I'm not your
2: dream match.
0: Yeah. But she, she said three things that I forget what they were, but basically saying like, I'm, I'm more than what you think of me. Uh And, and basically taking, um taking credit for the divas revolution in her own little way.
2: As she should. Mm-hmm. um. No, because Trish went from manager to the greatest wrestler of all time, in my opinion. It was a good promo by Trish. Apparently, she she wrestled WrestleMania with a torn hamstring, which is uh, insane. She just said that today. Uh, So, yeah, she wrestled at WrestleMania with a torn hamstring. I imagine it was still not in great shape when she wrestled on Raw last week either. It it was a good promo. The Becky stuff is is interesting because, you know, as, as Sean reported, her deal's not done until next year, June of next year. So it's got a while on this deal. So why is she doing this blackout thing at the same time Drew McIntyre is doing it? I think there's a little bit of story into it more more than um, – More than the Drew stuff because Becky's part of an active story on WWE. She was just turned on by Trish Stratus. It seems like, by all indications, reports, it's going to lead a match to to a match between them potentially at SummerSlam. Long ways to go to build that. You're gonna have a little bit of downtime, and that Becky is is reportedly like hurt. I think it's a foot injury, so she might be taking time off. Trish might probably need to take a little time to, to heal up from this this hamstring injury. So you can just kind of keep them off television away from each other for a little bit. And hey, Becky doing this of like, I'm frustrated. You know, I was the women's tag champ. And then this person turned on me, cost me my title and thinking she's going to walk in here. And it's just when I brought her back and is just now going to claim everything that I worked hard for. There's some storyline element to that compared to Drew, which we'll talk about. Uh, with McCarthy, but if they're going to hold this off until Summerslam, yeah, they're going to need to to slow burn it a little bit because that's a that's a ways away for this match.
0: Yeah, that's the whole thing is that we have three and a half months to tell this story. Uh, you and I talked about it on Monday. The opportunity to do Trish versus Becky and Saudi, and get and Trish Trish can maybe uh, make a few more dollars for that house, and uh, maybe do some sort of tag match at Money in the Bank in the UK give Trish a partner, whoever that is. Maybe it's Bailey, maybe it's somebody else. And then inevitably, if the reports are true and we're going to SummerSlam, you do Trish versus Becky at SummerSlam. Um, but there's a lot of story
2: to tell in between now and then. Yeah, and we'll we'll let it play out, Joel Pearl. Now, on the subject of, of Becky and Drew, before Alex McCarthy joins us here shortly, um, the, the blackout stuff, like... I, I think people are going to read into it a little bit more as always on, on social media. Uh, you know, it's just like, Oh, no, no WWE references. They're changing to their real names. We know Becky has opportunities outside of WWE. Drew has always been very good in the media The you know, my running joke is, Hey, Drew McIntyre, the three millionth interview he's done this week. He obviously has a look, a presence, a charisma about him to where, he he can he commands a, a stage and a screen right so th- i think there might be opportunities for him out there with them doing th- this type of blackout thing like does that signify that hey we are we're more than just who we are on on wwe and now like we're going to kind of we're going to kind of show that
0: so yes and no yes and that wrestlers have always had this weird like I'm more than just my character on TV. I deserve to be more. I deserve to have more. Um, but they never really break through unless you're John Cena, The Rock, maybe a couple of others. Um, not many people break through into away from wrestling. Uh, Becky's tried. She continues to try. Drew, I don't think, has tried. Has he, he hasn't tried to be an actor outside of WWE, has he?
2: No, not really. Um, he may have done like some, some cameo stuff here and there, but he, he certainly hasn't gone like a full bore type of thing.
0: Yeah. So what's, what's more interesting to me out of this whole story is actually representation, um, of the wrestler by a company. And that is the idea that Becky Lynch is rep by CAA. And that is her, that's her representation. That's her management. Uh, they're about to be WWE is about to be in a merger with UFC in under the Endeavor, William Morris Endeavor umbrella. WM is another very high level talent agency. Uh, And it's, I think it's safe to assume that most wrestlers are going to wind up in deals under the William Morris Endeavor banner. I'm wondering what that looks like for someone like Becky, who, you know, she's she's not a diamond tier level member of the CAA family, but she's certainly higher on the on the, the totem pole, given the fact that she is on a on a television show every single week, sometimes twice a week in a high level spot. That means something. She's on cable. She's on broadcast like she's she's out there. Um I don't know if maybe that's coming into play. I don't think with a year out there's a contract negotiation that's started. And of course Sean yeah. had mentioned so much in his uh, in in his report. Uh but it comes into play, you know, what happens when you're when you need to have those conversations about where you go from here under representation. Or can you go with a rival brand?
2: I I it'll have to all be decided when it comes to, to that stuff. Like, I'm not sure either. I don't know what the aspirations are of, of a lot of these wrestlers. You know, Sean is also mentioned that Cody is potentially uh, trying to make a move to Hollywood and has entertained offers and could do some stuff out there. I think Becky would look at that. I think the opportunities will certainly be there for her to, to do that. Um, you with know, with drew, I don't know if that's what he wants to do. But I certainly think he could, he could he could carve out a role for himself, uh, if, if that is what he wanted to do. Again, the look, the presence, the, the accent. I mean, let's, let's be honest, that's going to play a role a little bit. Like, hey, you need a Scottish guy. Like, there you go, big big bully Drew McIntyre, out there. Uh, but yeah, a lot of these wrestlers are picking up, you know, representation. They they have an agent and, and things like that. And now, is there going to be a conflict when it comes to the Endeavor merge, merger or? Is, there, is that going to boost some of their, their profile of like, hey, can you help me get this gig? Can, can I land on this gig? And I think that would be very good for the wrestlers.
0: I'd almost say for Becky, stick with CAA. If, yeah. if you're happy there, stay there. For multiple reasons, including, you know, if your management is the same as your company that you work for, their ownership, uh, you might not get the best possible deal if everyone's under the same umbrella. Am I right? If you work, if it's CAA, you're across the board, you can potentially get somewhere else, you know, financially speaking. So I don't know. I don't know in total where this lands. But, you know, if I'm representationless and I'm given the option to opt in to maybe pursue a career in acting or just outside of wrestling. Yeah, WME is a pretty good spot to be in. But if I'm Becky Lynch or just represented by another company and I'm happy there. Yeah, I'd probably stick around and see how much I get when contract season rolls around in, in a year in the case of Becky Lynch.
2: And and that's the, the biggest thing, right? Is these contracts. Becky's not for another year. I think Drew is later later this year. Drew, the negotiations are gonna start a little bit sooner. Becky, I wouldn't read too much into things just yet because a lot can change between now and when her contract is actually up. So right now, I I'm not saying like it's full storyline what she's doing, but I don't think that it's uh the the sky is falling on Becky Lynch's WWE career because of of everything that's happening right now. And I look for for a fan of Becky Lynch, I hope I'm correct in that. I, I want her I don't want her off television for long extents of time. I do hope everything is well with her just in general and, and she is back on TV and it is more of, of storyline type stuff. And we see her back, back in the ring, back uh Calling people dummies and slapping them upside the head. It does,
0: like it does feel like a storyline. It does feel like a storyline with Becky, but also it could feel like a storyline with Drew. He lost. He's been losing. Yeah. He's upset. He's brooding. Maybe they're all just uh, they're all just mourning the loss of uh, UK wrestling companies. Maybe that's what they're 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 mourning the loss of NXT Europe.
3: <laughs> if it ever comes back.
2: Drew and Becky are going to lead the NXT Europe revolution. That's how that's how all of this plays out.
0: Absolutely. And you know who their general manager should be? Should be- I do.
2: I do know who their general manager should be.
0: From Mail Sport, the one and only Alex McCarthy.
3: Hello Alex McCarthy. The first thing I hear is mourning the loss of NXT Europe. <laughs> <laughs> What have I stumbled into? I was timing it out
0: just for you, by the way.
3: Yeah, excellent. <laughs> How are you, fellas?
2: Good. How you doing, buddy?
3: I'm not bad, man. I was really sick last week, like really I sick. I saw that. You, yeah. you feeling feeling better? Yeah, just back in business this week, man. But it, it Like, because uh, I slept so much when I was sick, combined with the jet lag from LA, it's been bad for business. Really bad for Is business. You- is your
2: hair okay you keep messing with loads it. of it
3: it's so long <laughs> right now look how tall that is it's like johnny bravo s
1: it is um, but it i uh,
3: yeah i haven't really prepped but it were well, we, you get what you get that's, that's fine. fine you got to get
0: to a point where you just say nah, i don't care how my hair looks that's how i looked this morning i was like, no. No, like
3: i'm I'm two kids deep i don't give a fuck it's fine <laughs> i get, it.
0: I get it. listen my morning let me tell you how my morning started I took my kid to daycare. That is a 40 minute commute on the subway and on, on public transit. I have started heading home. I get a call from daycare and they're like, Hey, your kid's sick. You got to take him right now. And I'm like, you got to be shitting me. I'm like, no, he's running a fever. I'm like, he wasn't this morning. And they're like, Nope, you got to go. You're I-
3: arguing with them. He
0: is not sick. Damn it. <laughs> it was, you know what it was? It was actually because I'm not going to put this, I'm not going to put them on blast, but basically I was like, this is, this is not what I was told yesterday. And then they were like, no, but he wasn't doing so well yesterday. I'm like, according to who? Your teacher said he was great. And anyway, not important. He's at home now. Uh, so that's how my day started. So by the time I sat down, I was like, mm, forget this. I don't care how I look. Let's just talk.
3: <laughs> just get on the show.
0: So your hair looks great and so does mine. And Thanks, no one man.
3: Thanks, man.
0: So we're here to talk about uh, your, your favorite, your best friend, uh, Drew McIntyre. And uh
3: Jeremy and Joel started that.
0: Well, you know. I'm just true.
2: Number one, Drew McIntyre fan. Alex McCarthy. You've got to be devastated that, that whatever's going on with Drew is going on with Drew right now. Like, where, where are you at? What insights can you provide <laughs> as the man who – kind of turned on Drew and acknowledged Roman Reigns also at Clash yeah. after <laughs> after Drew after Drew lost. Where's your relationship stand with Drew McIntyre? Right They're now? in the
0: ring. They're in the ring singing. And and here's Alex McCarthy acknowledging the winner. That was
3: enough. That I, was I, enough to turn on Drew right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't believe you. Heinous that was um <laughs> but yeah the I mean it's a weird time in WWE stop because of the Endeavour deal, right? So, you know, in the same vein that we're like, how are they passing on Jay White or Nick Aldis or, you know, whatever name you want to attribute that has been in the free market recently and talking about like a hiring freeze, it kind of seems like the contracts are in the same situation. So, you know, if this was a major sports team, you don't often let your star players get to within a year of their last of their contract expiring. I'm using Becky Becky as an example there, right? Just apparently next year she she could go. If this was like the Premier League, for instance, I know that's not a great analogy for you two, but you don't let your top guy get to within a year, basically a final season. You would sell them in that that summer or you would you would lock them up two or three years before. I think because of the situation with the business right now, which I don't think is so inextricably linked with Vince and what he is or isn't doing, but certainly Endeavour pouring downwards to how that infrastructure looks. I don't think they're perhaps renewing those things. I know that Drew and WWE is still talking and he's hopeful that it can be worked out. So it's not a case of, you know, a standoff maybe, but, you know, the old phrase, no smoke without fire. It's definitely not, you know, a, a deal has not been done. There's things that they don't agree on, from what I can tell. Try my best to not give too much, but give you enough. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, 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 there's there's hope that the deal will get done between them and that he'll stay. Um, I don't know what the the details are that they're not agreeing on. But, yeah, there's hope that they'll get that sorted out. Do you Drew think-
0: really
2: wants that OnlyFans? <laughs> do you think he wants to he wants to have the the banger bus on on the OnlyFans? <laughs> awesome. He wants
0: his hot tub streaming. Just wants yeah. to go on do hot tub streams for everybody.
2: Do
3: we do we think the banger bus is similar to when um you know like they had the tag team was it Van Damme and Mysterio and they called themselves 420
2: or something and Vince had no idea. <laughs> do you think the banger
1: bus? is no, think they the same thing?
2: No, I they, they be- know, and that's why like, they pulled it because they're like, oh wait a second. Can't, can't do that. Can't yeah, but they let that. it go
3: for like a week or two, didn't they? And then they were like, yeah. Eh,
2: and then they learned.
0: Know. The submission sorority? Come on.
3: Okay. <laughs> they, now we're they... just getting into Jill's fetishes now. Like, <laughs> revealing up.
2: Do you think when it comes to, to Drew specifically, because Becky is is out for another, another year, her contract. But with Drew specifically, do you think that maybe he is holding out a little bit more even more than WWE because he's like hey, these media rights are coming up like these media rights deals are coming up you're probably gonna get a good cut on this thing here let me wait until I see what that looks like and then I could be like you just got 10 billion dollars like I can't get a little extra cash on some mm. of this stuff
3: yeah I mean I, I think there's a lot of different plays that Talent should and you know should be smart to around contracts, and it's like you know whether it's kayfabe or not. MJF keeps talking about the you know the the free agency of 2024, but in actuality, you would be very smart to do that, right? Because like if he was just a free agent at that time, he would get the best deal he could possibly get from either party, assuming his stock remains where it is, which I can't see why it wouldn't. Um, same thing with you know any talent really. If you're looking at the landscape, you're thinking. Well, the closer this deal runs down, the more leverage I think Drew would have. Um, he's already proven himself to be a successful commodity outside of WWE, and this is a pre-AEW landscape. So I don't, you know, I don't know whether he would go there, but the point is that he he would be fine. Um, it, it's just one of those things. I I don't know if it's exactly linked to that, but jo- uh but Jeremy does make a good point, right? Like if you are a talent, that is something to be mindful of, and I think. WWE is certainly mindful of that as well because look at how their contracts exploded the last time there was these TV deals. They were handing out 500Ks like there was no tomorrow. Like, hang on, downside guarantees for everyone. Um, I I just think that there's a few details, again, not sure what they are between WWE and Drew that need to be worked out. Um, And frankly, Drew, on, on many planes he's earned the right to kind of say, Hey, I'm, you know, let's say what his value was at his last contract, or what it is now. He's one of the hardest working people in the company when it comes to media and doing all these, uh, special Olympics. He's like their ambassador. He does all of that, all of that stuff for them, uh, in the ring. I mean, as, as of right now, his last match was a five star, right? Classic at WrestleMania, the triple threat. He's, um, as far as his CV goes, he's exponentially grown. He is—he is like a main eventer or a main event talent in WWE. So, yeah, good for him that he's that he's gonna make some demands. I guess I—I'm mean, I, assuming that he's got some things that he feels that he needs, and it's up to WWE if they're gonna meet that or not. But what WWE are willing to do now versus what they might be able, willing to do in a few months, as Jeremy alludes to, could be very different. So, yeah, I do think. A lot of it is kind of wait and see, but I still think it's weird that WWE's model lets their talent get, you know, lets their contracts get so close basically.
0: I don't, it's funny because I don't always see it that way. Um, I know that the sports analogy comes up a lot, but I, I view wrestling more as an entertainment, a season, the, the season of TV, season by TV instead of season of sports, season of sport type of thing. So for me, resigning talent is almost like trying to sign them for a long-term TV deal and not for a long-term we're going to, you know, this team is going to go win the championship deal. That's why I always, um, I always think about wrestlers signing a deal as they're doing it for themselves. They're the actors. They're doing it. It's everything is for them. It's not, it's not for the sports. It's not for the team mentality. So for me, and because all the contracts come up at different times, it's like, I get it. I, I don't, Think that you should let your contract go to like the last month or two, but with nine months out, like even six months is fine. There, there does come a point where you get into the red and you need to sign yeah. them. Yeah, well, again, it, it it comes down to what the what the creative looks like.
3: And yeah, it, it depends too as well. Cause like for instance, if you're Game of Thrones and like you know I don't know two or three seasons in, you don't say fuck it. We don't know if Jon Snow's coming back or not. Not saying Drew's Jon Snow, but this is the point. Like. Um, How important is Drew to WWE? Um, And as I just kind of explained, I feel like on multiple planes, he he is important to them. Is he Roman? No. You know, is he Becky? No. Um, But I think there's a bracket below that, that Drew definitely is in. Um, And again, there are many different factors in play as to why you would try and yeah you know, he might delay it or WWE might be delaying it um but yeah like, i mean it, it dep- anything that's valuable be it a tv series you know whatever kind of comparison we're trying to make or whatever niche we put WWE in you want to keep right and you want to keep them for as long as possible um you know how many year deals were WWE handing out just a few years ago what was what was the good brothers was that 5 years and then they released them about
2: everyone was five year deals I exactly were, right so salads.
3: I, I, and I think, again, that, that those five years would have exceeded what the current TV deal was then, is the point I'm trying to make, right? So it's not exactly linked to whenever they pen a TV deal, although I do take your point on board. Um, I, 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 again, I, I just think it it's a really difficult time from both sides for various reasons, right? If you're a talent looking at what your options are going to be and obviously WWE, how that landscape's going to look to really lock something in and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. Because if you look at UFC, I don't think Endeavor really changed their infrastructure at all. Right. Dana White still kind of had his run of things and UFC is what it is. And WWE probably looks like it's going to be the same, but then we're seeing these reports that all right, well, there might need to be cuts in certain areas. You know, I don't know how true those are, or I haven't looked into them myself, but it's one of those things that, well, that's not the time that you'd hand out a multi-million dollar deal for Drew McIntyre either. So I don't know, man. I think it's it's timing is is another thing. Um, and like you say, well, how many you – know, I don't know how many – Drew's in the last 12 months of his deal, and it's like – guess the, the clock is ticking. Um, I, but it works in both parties.
2: When it comes to – I mean, look, there was, there's going to be a merger between WWE and UFC. There's going to be cuts. There's just going to be largely office – stuff nikon has said this this is brand synergies is is what they like to frame it as so they're just not saying yeah we're going to lay off a bunch of people who do the same job for both companies because we don't need two people doing the same thing when it's now one company like that's that's just what happens and they're talking it's going to be between five and ten million dollars worth of cuts nikon also did say they want to leave the product untouched they don't want to Cut like people from production, and they don't want to cut talent and anything like that. They're going to talk with Triple H and Kevin Dunn about that side of things when it comes to cuts. So they're going to be saving money on the office side of things, just because there's there's a lot of people who do the same thing in UFC, do also do that in WWE. So they're going to lay yeah. uh, they're going to lay people off on that. I think a lot of WWE, wins- like, WWE already laid off a load of people like that last year, man. Like yeah, um,
3: some of the PRs I used to deal with. Like they, they got uh, a lot a lot of divisions in their office already got kind of like um, streamlined and to do that even further. So.
2: It's, it's the realities of, of mergers when it comes to, to big companies like this. Uh, When, when it comes to, to Drew, I feel it's him kind of holding out a little bit more than WWE. I don't think this is quite a, a WWE decision of like, hey, we want your contract to come down here. I think it's, we want you to sign this now, sign this now. And I think it's Drew of like, wait, let me see what these TV deals look like first. And it's also, that this is just me speculating here, Drew's 37. Let's say he gets a five-year deal. This feels like the last kind of big deal he's, okay. he's going to be able to to get, I know wrestlers have a little bit longer shelf life. Like you're 42 in the NBA. Like you're, I mean, you're kind of washed at 37 unless you're LeBron James. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like you're, you're not getting these, these big cut. You're retired at 42 in, in other sports. You're still kind of primish at uh, 42 in wrestling, but Drew's probably looking at this. This is the last kind of big deal. I'm going to get what, can I like negotiate in there? Like, Hey, let me not work every single live event. I know he likes doing a lot of the media and stuff. It's like, maybe let me get some of these weekends off to spend time at home with my family and things like that. So I think he's more holding out of like, what's the best deal I can get knowing this is probably my last big money making deal.
3: Yeah. He just, I, I know that there's just a few things. Um, Again, I know I keep saying that phrase, that they
2: DM me the scoops to, so I can pre uh, this.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you're 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 on the right road, is what I'm trying to say. Like there, there's a few things that obviously he yeah you know, he's hopeful that they'll acquiesce to, and um, yeah, anyone thinking that he's out the door or that you know, his contract talks are dead, I would say that like they're not. They're they're ongoing, but it's just. Those those details, man. Those details that they they need to come together, Ron. There's there's those sticking points, and they haven't got there yet.
2: I think Drew is correct in doing this. By the way, the man carried them through the through the pandemic. Did you know if he like holds his thumb up and then thumb, thumbs down with the crowd? It's a live response to everybody. And uh, the Tiger King. You watched a lot of Tiger King uh, during the pandemic as well. Same same quotes and, and He's reaching out. To the crowd at WrestleMania, <laughs> he's trying to touch everybody, he's trying to let everybody you know, giant fingers, trying he to let everyone me. know. You <laughs> don't. <all> the <laughs> but I think he's right in doing that because, like, he carried things through the pandemic, and yeah, he did. Unfortunately, like, I don't think he's been really at that level since. They kind of he had he could have had the moment in front of the, the the half Tampa crowd, and they they didn't go with him there, and he just hasn't been at that level he's on good stuff but but he should have maybe won at clash that was a big moment that they just were like "No, we got it we're in the we were they were in the second inning maybe even the first inning
3: that's a wider
1: discussion isn't it
3: um i mean i I, I mean i was talking about this with kenny mcintosh earlier like we were saying you know everyone's talking about cody being passed over at wrestlemania but it's kind of like drew was passed over at clash sammy was passed over in montreal like there's there's a slew of baby faces here <laughs> that you know have have kind of missed the boat. That you could have justifiably said, like that might have been a great moment to have gone with, you know. And whatever the wider story is for WWE, it better be a masterpiece, right? Like to to pass up on on these moments. But for as great, I mean, I was at Clash as, as great as that main event was, and then the ending left everyone like, oh, like at the same time. Was it just because it was clashed that it was the time for Drew? Do you know what I mean? Like, if that same event is in America, it's probably not. Yeah. So, you know, big picture, you have to kind of say, eh, you know what, it's probably in the long run the right decision. But it's just, it's just that horrible feeling on the night, which it was for everyone in attendance. But, you know, WWE booked themselves into that position. So, you know, what, what are you going to do?
0: But, I mean, is that part of a larger storytelling device in wrestling? where you, you have the hometown hero, doesn't always win. I get that there was a huge, like, there was a want and a need, but, like, you do have to set that expectation of, like, what happens if it doesn't go that way? Mm. You always And, like, if you're going to be fantasy booking your way through wrestling, you I, I say this a lot, you always have to be of the mindset of what's next. And when it came to the Drew winning in Cardiff conversation, I was always like, well, then what? What do you do with Roman? What do you do, mm-hmm. like, what do you do with Drew? Like, what, what, what makes sense? What's actually gonna, like, what's gonna keep people's interest other than a rematch where Roman inevitably wins back through some shenanigans? There was nothing that to me made sense that would have made Drew's win more than just the moment. Which, like, it feels yeah. like WWE is trying to get away from just giving you the moment. and they get, and even in Montreal, I was there in the building. Like, the moment was Friday when Sammy stood in the ring. And had five minutes of cheering. You know, the moment for Drew, for better or worse, was singing in the ring with Tyson Fury after the show. No, but the point—the point, the point being, like, amazing. it was the homecoming. It was the homecoming. It was the fact that like everyone was so excited. And yeah, there's an agony of defeat that comes with it. Um, moving forward, what they do with him? Do you do you heat him up going into Money in the Bank? Do you make him? You know, do you have Drew have a big statement win as they go back across the pond in July? Uh, do they hope to have signed him back by then to play into that, to play like, w- will the creative for him be part of that conversation? Uh, you know, if he resigns in time, what do you do with him?
3: Mm. I mean, I, I think he is planning to be at money in the bank. So I don't know how anything, how talks will influence how that looks now to the versus then. Obviously he has, you know, has been on TV since WrestleMania. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, it's funny that wider discussion thing because so many, you know, Kofi Kingston's a good example, right? Like the moment of Kofi mania, not many people want to talk about the run that then follows it and then he kind of, you know, runs away. We're not going to talk about how that ends, but what he does after that is kind of just recede back to the spot that he previously had. It's like you know, it's like it never happened really. Um, I don't think that would have necessarily been the case with Cody. And I think that's the argument you could have made, you know, with Drew and Sammy. I mean, I love Sammy. I would love to have seen it happen just because I love him, but it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it like a good business decision, per se. Um, And with all these records and they're selling out and, you know, that WWE loves to perpetuate every month, logically speaking, they're thinking Bloodline's going pretty well. (laughs) Like, don't, probably don't need to change. The Roman story just yet, and we can drag out what's going on with Cody. And, um, but Cody is the one where I really dislike this whole narrative of, well, and then what? Well, you can, that's it, that's your job, right? <laughs> to like to figure out what's next and to you know, writers to do this, yeah, to give, give him opponents and stuff like that. Like, you could have done Cody versus Brock for the title next easily, yeah, could have easily oh, done that.
0: The Cody stuff, you're not going to hear me. Say that I disagree. I 100% agree with you, Cody. Cody winning was the play. I see in the chat,
3: people are saying that's like, my point. Though that Sammy time. and Drew is like you, 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 that's less of an argument. You could have easily gone, well, you know, that would have been just for those moments. Whereas Cody, I would still argue that it felt like that was the right time for right. me.
2: For me, but you know, I understand everyone. Let's see where it goes. Alex just got for, an email but, um, from Drew McIntyre saying. No. They, they email you. <laughs>
1: all <laughs> right la-
2: last question alex mccarthy yes or no yeah. drew mcintyre is he at wrestlemania 40 uh
3: yes i think so i i think um again he's proven himself as like this independent wrestler you know, he'll tell you in every promo uh, about how he got fired and came back and um you know he loves doing that. But um, it's true as well. He did do that. And I think he would be fine if he had to do it again. But the point is, that, and I think he does love being in WWE. Um, he is like their prototype talent as well. You know, works his bollocks off and yeah, is happy to do all the extra stuff that, you know, WWE makes out that you need to do to chase such brass rings and etc. And he is that guy for them. He is like the... Uh, He's like, like he's not John Cena, but he's kind of in that vein. You know what I Spanish mean? Like John Cena. Yeah, he really is. Like, yeah, for many <laughs> <laughs> in many ways. Um But like yeah, and I think because of that, he you know, he loves WWE and WWE, I know WWE appreciates him and it's but it's just it's just whether they can work out those details. And I think the landscape makes the timing more crucial than it was if, th- if this discussion was a year ago it's entirely different right but given that the tv deals and in the Indian endeavor takeover i do think it makes it a bit more complicated um but my gut says he would prefer to stay and that there's optimism that the talks will work out
2: right Alex, thanks for joining us. Uh, plug anything you want to plug. You can actually stick around for this bit if you would like so Joel doesn't have to fill air by himself as I depart for a second. But before that, go ahead and uh, plug everything you got, buddy. Uh, Jesus,
3: I don't even know what I'm doing these days. Uh, check out Daily Mail. Uh, we've just only really started doing wrestling coverage the past three or four months, but you can see a lot of different interviews there um, on the sports section, Mail Online. Uh, Inside the Ropes is where you'll find my video interviews and all of my Mania content went there. And uh, um, the podcast with Kenny McIntosh as well. Oh, another email. Uh, Break <laughs> It Down uh, is our podcast, which will drop tomorrow, the latest one. Um, yeah. Find me there.
2: Don't hey, bother I'll finding me there. It's a shit show. <laughs>
3: You can stick around, Alex. I'm going to
2: hop off. Joel, when I give the thumbs up backstage, you can put me back on.
0: Okay, so Jeremy is going to go and set up for this incredible thing that he was paid to do, Alex. And I think you should stick around for it because mm-hmm. it's going to be good. I got okay. you for two minutes. I want to ask you because we didn't actually get to touch on the Goldberg Retirement Tour news.
3: Alex. Oh, I'm going <laughs> I just
0: want to know, off the top of your head, Goldberg comes to the UK. Goldberg has a retirement match. Who's he working against? Is it a tag match? Is it a singles? Does he pick someone from the UK? Does he bring someone along from the US? Come on, who does Goldberg face in a retirement?
3: Why, why have you got? <laughs> it's like a joke you know popped into my head. Is like um, Mercedes monet being like, "Oh, who, <laughs> who, who should I work in the UK?" And then there's Goldberg going, "Who should I work in the UK, brother?" They're like, oh, let's get Will Ospreay out from Goldberg. Um, Progress
0: is in his DMs being like, let's let's collapse."
3: Oh, shit. I mean, I've got no interest in seeing a Goldberg match ever again, frankly. Um... He said well, did he, he, did, he said a four city tour, didn't he? He's, yeah. keeping, he's keeping it to the States. He's not worrying about us. Um, be
0: funny though, if he's like, I'm gonna do one in Canada, one in the US, one in the UK, and then I'm gonna go to Australia. And it's like <laughs> who could possibly care? Because I am a
3: global megastar, brother.
0: Right. Um, I'm gonna go to China. I'm gonna go he wants to do that one match in Israel. I know that was a big thing for him. And like I appreciate yeah, it as a yeah, Jew. Yeah. Like, I'm like, that's kind of cool. But, um, no, let's say he comes to the UK, just because. Let's just say he doesn't.
3: Uh, I mean, Osprey would bump his ass for him,
2: but it obviously just wouldn't last long. Um, Jesus Christ, hey, Jeremy? Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, we yeah. can. Okay. All right. I'm going to have gonna hand this over to, to the camera lady. All right. So I've got the water. It's about a third full, everything. So for those who missed the show uh, earlier... We were talking about getting wet and dumping... I don't even remember what... The, how, how, how did this come about, Joel? I say stuff, and then for some reason, I talk myself into doing bits. That's what happens. Yeah. i dump this water <laughs> on my head. I'll go ahead, Joel.
0: No, I say, we were talking about the Twitch stuff. We were talking about yeah. Twitch streamers and, and bikini streamers and all that stuff.
2: Yes, I put on a, a dirty shirt that everybody saw on Monday, so that way I didn't get a new nice shirt wet. Uh, we should probably do some laundry. Um, so I'm going to dump this water... And then I'm gonna do some. I'm gonna do a hair flip. I'll get in close for the hair flip. And then Ooh. I'm gonna do some jumping jacks. Alex McCarthy, thanks for showing up for this.
3: <laughs> I'm glad. I, I'm so glad I stayed. <laughs> Great scenery, by the way.
0: Beautiful area of town. Um, hold on.
2: get away! Okay.
0: Sweating his hair. Oh yeah, there's the flip. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh
3: my,
2: <Where's laughs> my, god. Cool. Oh, it's
0: my god! The wife
2: is just. What is happening here? Yeah, uh, got, the, got, camera got the camera's her very
3: The camera is shaking because her knees are her knees are so weak.
2: <laughs> her knee, no, okay. okay. All, right. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Let's do some jumping jacks, everybody. Wow,
0: this is amazing. Oh my exploded god! Exploded! Exploded! Shaking her the
2: face. head. Get, get all the hair wet. Get the hair wet, baby.
0: If you're in audio, you are missing a wet dog.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a dog in the background.
0: I. Uh, He's still going. He's still doing the jumping jacks. Mostly. All right, what are we
2: looking forward to on AEW Dynamite tonight, Joel Pearl?
3: Oh yeah,
0: that's a thing that's happening tonight. Hey, what's uh, what's going on on Dynamite
3: tonight, Alex? What's what's going on on Dynamite? I don't know, I'm just thinking the big show used to blow up walking around backstage, and Jeremy just unstoppable.
0: Look I'm at going him.
2: until the show ends, baby.
3: <laughs> oh, he really
0: is going until the show ends. Right, what's what's going on on Dynamite tonight? Because I completely forgot what's happening on the show. I
3: don't oh, know. No, nobody nobody cares because it's all all about the second show and Punk.
0: That's right. Uh, Jay White and Commander, that's going to be a fun match. That's what I want to see.
2: The Elite address their enemies. That's what I'm looking forward to.
0: Uh, FTR are also going to be on the show. That's going to be fun. They're gonna, Dax is going to say, I'm sorry for canceling my podcast, but I had to.
3: I saw that you canceled his podcast. Yeah. We talked
0: about the top of the show. Had a whole thing about it. Uh, Hobbs and Wardlow for the TNT title. That looks fun. Again? What are they going to do there? Uh, I assume someone's going to get involved. Yeah. Imagine it was Samoa. Other... <laughs> oh, here we go. Tell me, tell me if you've seen this one before. Uh, Hater and Baker versus Soho and Storm. Tell me if you've seen this uh, this storyline play out before.
3: I've never seen that combination of talent together. Ah! Um... <laughs> what is going on with the outcasts? Yeah, that's a whole other discussion. I don't think Jeremy's got enough jumping jacks for me to explain that.
0: Well, there, donate money. <laughs> They're in Pittsburgh tonight, so uh, clearly this is the big moment for, for them to move this forward, I hope.
3: What, do you think Britt turn?
0: Uh, no, I think just Britt getting a huge pop and, and winning, and then they continue the story with however it's supposed to move forward. Because the whole, like, the outcasts run out and then get involved, da da da, da the same thing over and over again, we got to move past that. But I think tonight's the night where they finally move past that and set up a women's blood and guts match. Ooh, and then yeah. of course Jericho and Chugs go face to face. Bay bay.
3: <laughs> bay. Bay I do like the elite and the uh, BCC feud as well. Yeah, be they're gonna they're gonna like have. More,
0: let's talk about this. He got to be getting tired over there. He's not. Joel, Isn't
2: it past twelve? <laughs> We're way over time here.
0: No, hold on. And now it's been two hours. Jeremy, plug uh, what you got going on.
2: <laughs> I got jumping jacks going on.
0: Alex, thanks for hanging out with us. I'm Matt Joel Burrell, Ladies and gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, we'll see you on Friday for a lot of AEW talk and a whole lot more on In the weeds. Cheers.
1: Bye! Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs